Good evening. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. If you wouldn't be open your Bibles to Genesis, the first chapter in just a moment, we'll begin studying through the Bible tonight. Mr. Trey, I like ice cream for supper also. It's going to be a great week next week. We're going to start it out right on Sunday evening with ice cream for supper. And we're going to have the opportunity to show a lot of children and their families the love of God. And we're going to have the opportunity to spend the morning with them, teaching them about God and about His great love and being on fire for God. And that's really exciting. We always have had um, tremendous vacation Bible schools with the younger ages here and then off-site with the teenagers. And we look forward to that, but let's not take it for granted. You know and I know that the only way it'll be the success that it ought to be is for God's blessing and God's hand to be involved in it. And let's make sure that this week, every day this week, that as a congregation, we're prayerful of this great endeavor and making sure that we accomplish exactly what God wants us to accomplish in this. We're so thankful that last week, Wendy Baker and Jennifer Beckham were baptized into Christ and Liza Zitgraf was baptized this morning into Christ and, and Johnny crisp, restored. God is good. When He gives us the opportunity to live for Him, that's a gracious gift that none of us deserve. But what a blessing it is to have that opportunity. You know, this past uh, few days, we just came off of the 48 hours of, of chisel. And there's two things that I would just simply like to share with you. There'll probably be a bulletin article on it that we'll talk about in more depth if you want to know about what we did. But I'd like to just share with you two things. The church really, really is strong today, and her future looks so bright. We visited 12 different places or either had individuals to speak to us. And, and we saw many works throughout Tennessee and Alabama. And there's a lot of good that's being done. And I'm saying that as a reflection of what our young men said. When we were ending Chisel and we were going around talking about what meant the most to them, one of their comments was, one of them spoke up and said, what meant a lot to me was to see that the church is not only strong at Mount Juliet, that there are other places that the church is very strong. And that's a blessing. That's true. It's easy for us to think about us and forget that there is so much good across the kingdom that's being done. But then if you'd have spent the uh, 48 hours as the staff was blessed to be able to spend with those 18 young men that were a part of it, you would also realize that not only is the church doing well now, but you see those young men and the potential, uh, the lives that they live now, but then the potential that lies out before them. And it is amazing, the great good that lies within the resource of youth and we are thankful for the youth that we have and for the lives that you live and for what you do now and what no doubt you're going to do for the kingdom in the future. We're continuing a study on the Holy Spirit and tonight it will probably feel a little bit more like a Bible class and I almost want to begin by apologizing for that because that's not just the best way to preach but you know back several weeks ago uh, I told you that I was concerned if several of us do not know, uh, if, if we feel like we don't know everything that we should know about the Holy Spirit, maybe it's the fault of the preacher. And so I really want us to study the Holy Spirit to understand what God has revealed to us about the Spirit. 
And so in order to do that, there are so many things that we just simply need to know that you might say are just basic principles. But there's so many of them, if we took time to heavily develop each one, we'd literally be doing a year-long study on the Holy Spirit, and that's probably not best for the church. And so to try to figure out how to do this, what I want to tell you is tonight, we want to do a study, if you will, of the history. What is it that... How is it that the Holy Spirit moved and worked in the Old Covenant? And then, how is it that the Holy Spirit worked in the New Testament as it relates to the life of Christ and to the apostles? And then, we'll put the brakes on there. The past weeks, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And so, that'll kind of be the stopping place tonight. And so, in a sense, you might say, well, that's not a lot of application for us today. And it's not. But it is our history. It's our history as God's people. It's our history how our God has worked in the lives of His people ever since the very beginning. And so as, as we begin this study, <clears throat> I'd like for you to think about the simple fact that if we feel like that maybe we don't know as much about the Holy Spirit as we ought to know, it's not because the Bible doesn't speak of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, in the 39 books of the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 20 three of those 39 books. So, so over half of the Old Testament books speak of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot to learn there is what I'm implying. And then when we come over to the New Covenant, there's so much more said about the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Covenant. 24 out of the 27 books of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is spoken of and described in either His actions or what uh, He does for us as a helper. And so let's walk through and just look at some major things of the Old Testament and then the beginning of the New Testament, the life of Christ, and then in the apostles. Number one, we look at Genesis, the first chapter, verse one and two. You remember from several weeks ago, we mentioned this in verse one when it says, in the beginning, God, that is Elohim, and that is a plural word a Hebrew word for God that is plural. And so literally the very first time the, that God is mentioned, God is mentioned as a Godhead. Godhead was involved in creation. So who's going to be the first member of the Godhead referred to specifically? And it is the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters or brooding over the face of the waters. Some scholars believe that this is lending itself to the role that the Holy Spirit had in bringing order to chaos as it relates to creation. Whatever it does mean, we know this. If we were going to talk about in the Old Testament what was the work of the Holy Spirit. The first place to begin is creation. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. But then we look and consider the Holy Spirit was also involved in revelation. Look, if you will, in Genesis, the 41st chapter. In Genesis, the 41st chapter, we have the story of Pharaoh telling the dream that no one was able to interpret until he found Joseph. And Joseph was able to interpret this dream that would tell of seven years of plenty, but then seven years of famine. And you might remember that story. You probably do remember that story. Notice how Joseph will not take the credit for being able to interpret this dream. But in verse 16 of the 41st chapter, so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh 
the answer of peace. Now drop down and let's read 38 and 39. After he interprets it, now keep in mind, there was probably more said back and forth than simply what is recorded in the Scripture. Because when Pharaoh answers, he not only knows that it's God that gave him the interpretation, he knows it was the Spirit of God that gave him the interpretation. And notice what Pharaoh says in 38. Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You know, there's several things we see there. We see in the Holy Scriptures the Holy Spirit being referred to as God. Now, we've covered that in past weeks, but if that is of interest for you to note it again, that happens over and over in the Scriptures where the Holy Spirit is referred to as God. But then second, we see that it was the Holy Spirit that gave Joseph the interpretation of the dream, and Joseph gave him all the credit. But then we also see another thing that probably is not a surprise to any of us, but when the interpretation is given, Pharaoh's observation of that is, he's very wise and discerning. Yes, the Almighty God would be very wise and discerning. Now, if you will, drop over to Judges, the third chapter. We see that not only did the Holy Spirit work in the lives, by the way, I'm just going to help you follow this away so that you can kind of follow, follow a logical order here. We've seen creation, then we see in the revelation as it pertains to the patriarch. Joseph was one of the patriarchs, the 12 tribes of Jacob. And, and now we're going to see that as it relates to judges, you know, once they spent their 400 years in, in slavery and they were sent back to Canaan's land, they needed leadership and the Lord used judges to lead them. But it was not judges that were just out working on their own. Maybe they can figure out some way to lead these people. No, we get an insight, for example, in, in the third chapter in, in, in verse 9. Othaniel is the name of a judge that Caleb's younger brother, and look what it says in 10, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. And then it talks about the war that he went out and he fought because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. He was guiding him. In other words, he was giving him revelation of how he ought to lead Israel at that point. Now, it did not, the Holy Spirit did not work only with, with leaders, as we're going to see in a few minutes, even with prophets, with kings, uh, with, with other leaders, but also the Holy Spirit worked with individuals. Drop back to Exodus, the 35th chapter, and we'll look at, at one individual here that, to me, is just a neat example, and then we'll continue going through the Old Testament. In Exodus, the 35th chapter, is where we have the building of the tabernacle. And this really lays down, if, if you're jotting notes down, you could look in, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and deeper in the chapter is where he talks about the body uh, of the church being like a physical body and every member is important. We all have different roles. Well, if you read earlier in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, you realize that it is the Holy Spirit who gives us the diversity of gifts. Well, that's not just a New Testament thing. When we look back here and say, okay, God wanted a tabernacle to be built. Where were these individuals going to obtain the ability to be able to build tabernacles? Well, when we look here in Exodus, the 35th chapter, look at verse 30. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah. Now notice what, what the Holy Spirit has done with this man. And he has filled him 
with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. And then if, if you, you, you see that design artistic work in 32 and the cutting of jewels and carving of wood in 33 and then in 34, and he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him. Let that sink in. That's powerful. Here's a great, it'd be a beautiful masterpiece of art that would be made out of jewels and tapestry and wood and carvings where like today we say, oh, that's a fine carpenter. We're talking about a carpenter slash artist, one that could do things that if you saw his work, you would say, that's amazing ability. And we might even say, I wonder how he learned to do that. God said, I sent my spirit to him. I sent my spirit and gave him the ability to be able to do that work. And it was going to take more than just him. And so I gave him the ability to teach others how to do that work. Friends, do you realize that the gifts that you and I enjoy, it's not because we figured out some way to do them. We may use them, nurture them, and develop them. But friends, they're gifts from the Spirit of God. And, you know, we talk often in this congregation, find your place in the body, use your gift. You know, we're literally saying, use the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. He is powerful. And He gives each of us a powerful gift to use in His service. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. And here's a good example of it. Let's also see how he worked in the prophets. Let's go to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to look in the ninth chapter, and we're going to look at verse 30. And this is after the wall has been built in Nehemiah, and the people are confessing their sins. And as they confess their sins, they kind of talk about their history as a people. And so we're picking up in that part of where he talks about the history of their people. And the ninth chapter in verse 30, Nehemiah, the ninth chapter in verse 30, he says, Yet for many years you had patience with them, and testified against them by your spirit in your prophets that they would not listen. Therefore, you gave them into the hand of the people of the lands. You see, you see the, the history there was the people rebelled against God and God allowed enemies to overtake them. But now as that history is being recounted, we see this. God is literally saying here, Nehemiah is saying on behalf of God, the Holy Spirit gave the prophets the message. The prophets took the message and gave to the people, and the people chose not to listen. So who did they not listen to? Someone says they didn't listen to the prophets. Well, they didn't, but they didn't listen to the Spirit of God. And friends, this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And we can be guilty of the very same thing that cost Israel and Judah their own nation and, and their existence is that they didn't listen to God, that message that was revealed. Now, he also spoke to the kings, and this time, let's see a king, Psalms 51, if you'll be turning there, let's see a king that was concerned because of his rebellious lifestyle that the spirit would be taken away from him. And when we read this, you're going to say, I know that passage because we sing this passage oftentimes. In Psalm, the 51st chapter, this is David in the dark chapter of his life, and he ended up on this earth paying the price for this sin for as long as he lived on this earth. And in Psalm 51, in verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, notice this, renew the steadfast spirit within me. Now notice what his fear is. Do not cast me away from your presence. 
Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me in your generous spirit. What did he say? Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. What kind of New Testament language is equivalent to that? Don't quench the Spirit. He knew that he ran the risk of quenching the Spirit by the life that he had been living. And he feared that. He knew he was going to lose his salvation in that. And so he prayed and pled with God to have forgiveness at that point. Now, if you will, be turning to John. And in a few moments, we may have time to look at some chapters uh, John 14, 15, and 16 that deal with the intervention of the Holy Spirit in the life of the apostles. We've seen the Old Testament. Uh, just a glimpse, obviously. You know we've only seen just such a short little amount. But what I wanted you to see, and let's, let's rehearse this just a moment. What did you see if we say, what's the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? He's involved in creation. He's involved in revelation to the, think about all these leaders, to the patriarchs, to individuals to judges. Then when the people said, we want a king, he led the kings. And then when God needed mouthpieces, he revealed the message of God to prophets. So literally, all throughout the Old Testament, literally from the first page of the Old Testament to pretty much the last page of the Old Testament, we see the work of the Holy Spirit involved in helping mankind know the message of God. Now let's think about the New Testament for a minute. Notice there's over 260 references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. In other words, there's more said about the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. There's just a lot more clarity given to His work. He's referred to as such as, this is just a few, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit Himself, the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter. When we break it down to how He's referred to in various parts of the New Testament, 12 times in Matthew, 6 times in Mark, 18 times in Luke, 23 times in John, 57 times in the book of Acts, and between the epistles and Revelation, 132 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in those books. Now, when we think about how the Holy Spirit is described in the New Testament, it's kind of interesting some of the images that God used to explain to us the Holy Spirit. For example, He's described as a dove in Matthew the third chapter, like a dove uh, coming down in the image, if you will, of a dove coming down when Jesus was baptized. He's also described as an anointing in 1 John 2 and 20 and 21 as a seal in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, like an earnest. And, and he's referred to as rivers of living water in John 7, 38 and 39. And he was referred to as a baptism that the apostles, now note this, and you need to file this away because oftentimes when people speak of the Holy Spirit that come from the, a misled angle, they will talk about we need to be baptized into the Holy Spirit and or receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was never a command. It was a promise that the apostles and the first century individuals received. And, and so that's a way that the Holy Spirit is described as coming down upon individuals in a very miraculous way in the beginning of the church was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now one of the things that I had to confess to you, I never really thought a lot about it. And, and it was just interesting in doing this study to see how powerful and interactive the Holy Spirit was 
in the life of Jesus Christ as he was on this earth. So for the next slide or two, just think with me of some of these things about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and when we see these things, you'll probably say, well, sure, I remember seeing those things, but seeing it in a list is, is pretty powerful. Mary's conception was that of the Holy Spirit in Matthew 1 and 20, the angel said. And the Holy Spirit was given to Jesus at his baptism in Matthew 3 and 16. The Holy Spirit was with him, strengthening him during that difficult temptation period that he went through right after his baptism in Matthew 4 and 1. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit coming out of that scene in Luke the fourth chapter and verse one. And perhaps and probably most likely, that's why he was able to return to Galilee in power later on that same chapter in verse 14 was because he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when we think about how the Holy Spirit aided the work of Jesus Christ, here are a few examples. In Matthew 12 and 28, we see that the Holy Spirit aided Jesus in casting out demons. We see that Jesus preached by the Holy Spirit in Luke 4 and 18 through 21. We see that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, Luke 10 and 21. And we see that he gave commands to the apostles through the Spirit of God, Acts 1 and 2. And then on this next slide, we see something that's very interesting as the death of Jesus was through the Spirit and... The resurrection of Jesus was through the Spirit. Now, do you realize what we just did? We studied how the Holy Spirit of God literally was involved in the conception of Jesus Christ, all the way active throughout His ministry, and even involved in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Friends, the Holy Spirit, He is a very, very active member of the Godhead. And it's just, it's powerful to understand that how involved he has been in the life of Jesus. And then we're going to see in the life of the apostles. And of course, now that the church has been established in the life of the church, but we won't move that far tonight. And so just in these last few minutes that we have, I'd like for you to look with me at John the 14th chapter. And we're going to read just a few clips out of the 14th and 15th and 16th chapter. And again, I want to emphasize to you these are the passages that people make. And the reason I say a terrible is because it really, really misguides people. People make a terrible mistake whenever they look and say, I want to study how the Holy Spirit works in my life. You can't go to John 14, 15, and 16 and see how He works in your life. This was the promise that Jesus was making to the apostles and this was going to be a very miraculous way that the Holy Spirit worked in their life. Well, why study it? Because we need to understand where did the church come from? It came from Christ who ordained leaders that were not just good men working on their own strength. They were good men working with a miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And when they sat down to write the scriptures, they weren't just good men that could write eloquently. They were good men who were inspired by the Spirit of God. And so for us to understand the involvement of the Spirit in the lives of the apostles will help us realize how powerful this church is and how powerful the writings of scripture is because those two things are from God himself. Let's look at this in, in John, the 14th chapter 
Look at verse 16 and 17 as Jesus tells the apostles, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper. Notice that phrase. He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He dwells with you and will be in you. This phrase, he'll give you another helper. By the way, Jesus is preparing them for the fact that he's going to ascend. You can imagine how nervous the apostles would have been. What are we going to do if our leader ascends? Don't worry. When I ascend, the Father's going to send you another helper. And many scholars agree upon this. The text there literally would allow for it to say, another like me. In other words, God the Spirit and God the Son agree upon everything. That's why it's one Godhead. And so Jesus is saying, don't get nervous because I won't be with you. The Father's going to send you another one like me. I've been a helper to you. Now He's going to send a Spirit. He is going to be a helper to you also. And we see also that He is the Spirit of truth. Remember who Jesus said He was? Jesus said that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Now, who is this helper that's like Jesus? He also is the truth. And where, where is He going to dwell? Jesus dwelt among them. He says the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in you. Now, look in John, the 14th chapter, and verse 25 and 26, and notice the promise that Jesus made to the apostles about this helper being a teacher. Look at 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, notice that, all things. He's going to teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance that I said to you. Can you remember everything that was said in this morning's sermon? I don't mean can you remember what it was about. I mean, can you sit and write down everything that was said? Of course you can't. Can you imagine the apostles? Jesus walks along with them. He instructs them, and then they ascend up into heaven. How are they going to turn around and teach accurately everything that was said? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon them in power, and they literally are going to be able, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, to remember all. That's a big word. All things that Jesus had said. And what Jesus did not cover with them that they need to learn the Holy Spirit's going to teach them all things. That is a powerful teacher. When we look at John, the 15th chapter, look at verse 26, and we see that the Holy Spirit's a powerful witness. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. The Holy Spirit's going to give witness that Jesus truly is who Jesus said that He was. Notice in John, the 16th chapter, I'd like to read just verse 8. And, and let's notice John 16, uh, verse 8, and notice how what the Holy Spirit is going to convict us of and uh, convict the world. Verse 8, and when He, that's talking about the Holy Spirit has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit is what convicts by the teaching of truth. But then we go to John 16, verse 12, 13, 14, and 15, and let's just concentrate because we're out of time. I'd like for you to look at the very last line of 13. The very last line of 13 is speaking about the Holy Spirit, and it says, and He will tell you things to come. Jesus is literally preparing the apostles to say, the helper that I send you will give you the ability to prophesy. That's powerful. He's going to be able to help you foretell the future. But then also, notice verse 14, He will glorify me. For he will take of what, wait, he will glorify me 
for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So not only is he going to prophesy, but everything he does is going to be for the glory of Jesus. Now, I mentioned this to you before, but just a second reminder. Anytime individuals make all the work of the Holy Spirit in their life all about the Holy Spirit, they've missed the very work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit was to bring emphasis to Christ. The Holy Spirit is going to glorify Christ. And so if the Holy Spirit is really working powerfully in our life, we are going to glorify Christ in our lives. We are Christians. We magnify Christ. And so we love and appreciate what the Holy Spirit does to help us magnify Christ in our life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, let's look at John, the 16th chapter. And notice, I'm sorry, that's what we just looked at. Okay, we covered a lot. The history of the Holy Spirit, He's still alive. It's not as if we're saying someone that's passed away in history. But when we say the history of the Holy Spirit, what was His work? Creation. Revelation, all the major leaders under the Old Testament, coming over to the New Testament, the work of Jesus Christ, very active in every aspect of the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to send. He tells the apostles, don't be afraid. I'll send you a comforter. I'll send you a helper, one like me. He's going to be able to teach you everything that you need to know. He's going to give you the power to prophesy. He's going to help you know how to glorify me. And those apostles were able to stand in Acts, the second chapter, having been baptized, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they stood in power and they preached as the church began there in Acts 2. They sat down and they wrote the words of God so you and I can be here close to 2,000 years later and read the Word of God. There's no way you and I would ever be able to get close to paying back God for all that He's done for us. The Holy Spirit's done so much for us. God the Father has done so much for us. God the Son has done so much for us. What a blessing it is that we have such a Godhead that adopts us into their family and calls us their own. If you're not a part of that family tonight and you want to be immersed into that family tonight, we would rejoice with you if you're a believer ready to repent of sins and confess before men. Maybe you've begun that journey and, and you've allowed sin to separate you from that family and from our Almighty God. And you want to make that right tonight and repent and come back and confess sin and let's pray forgiveness. There's nobody, no being like our Almighty God. And to think about being on His side under His control is the best place we can be now and for eternity. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.